The episode this week is kindly sponsored by Kira Wright at Smart PA. Smart PA are leading providers of high quality PA, administrative, and business support services to individuals and companies of all sizes. Their support, provided by an experienced and highly skilled workforce of over 250, offers a safe pair of hands for your administration and office needs. Whether you need project support, data entry, social media management, call handling, expenses or research, Smart PA can provide you with a bespoke service. Smart PA are flexible and cost effective, saving you time, money and stress. Kira personally has over 13 years experience in the whisky industry, where she held numerous roles before becoming a Smart PA partner. If you want to reduce your hours spent on administration, get in touch with Kira today on 01340 881 351 or email kira.wright at com. For more information, visit www.smart-pa.com. Smart PA, leading experts on outsourcing, PAs, business support and admin services. This episode contains some vocabulary of an adult nature. If you don't like this, turn off at this point. The ball back is on to Stuart Duff first time. Chance for Duff by post. Stuart Duff scores for Aberdeen. 30 minutes on the clock here. What a ball that was again from Mark Kerr. Where were the Celtic defenders though? In went Stuart Duff. Great composure from Duff. And he slotted past Mark Brown, who was helpless. Welcome back, one and all, to the Beyond Canal Park podcast. Yet another week with no local football allowed, the boredom for the Junior and Highland League followers continue. Some moves going on behind the scenes as Vailgrafer Craig Stewart moved to appoint his assistant manager, naming Michael Moe Morrison into the position. A good move for the Vale, adding someone with plenty Highland League trophy winning experience to the management team to inspire the players. As always this week, I bring you a cracking guest on the podcast as former Dundee United and Aberdeen player Stuart Duff joins me on the show. He talks to me about breaking through at Dundee United, cup final highs and lows, playing alongside quality teammates and the laughs along the way. He also chats about living out every boy's dream of signing for his boyhood heroes, in his case Aberdeen, as well as a wonderful time playing out in Kazakhstan. All this and much more, as well as the best 11 Stuart played with, follows. And here's what he had to say. Another cracking guest for us today on the Beyond Canal Park podcast, as I'm joined by a man who, after breaking through the youth system at Dundee United, spent nine years with a Tanadice club before moving to hometown club Aberdeen. After a stint with Inverness Cali, he took a leap of faith and headed overseas to play first in Malta and then became the first Scot to play in Kazakhstan. Still playing with Banks of D in the North Region Juniors, he also played Highland League football with Cove Rangers and Inverurie Locals. Here to tell us all about it is Stuart Duff. How are we doing this evening, Stuart? Hi, James. No, doing well. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. I know it's great to have you. Um, <laughs> before we start on the career, I've got a bit of an exclusive uh, for one of my pals, Darren McAllister, who said that you've been a real hero this past week, saving somebody's life down at the Quayside in Aberdeen. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. It was uh, just just unfortunate. Just out at work. Um, 
one of one of my work colleagues, uh, Jason, had taken a bad turn, and uh, we didn't realise at that point that he was actually having a heart attack. Right. So uh, obviously called the ambulance. Basically, all I did was direct the ambulance to, <laughs> to where he was. But I was playing it up, you know. I was coming home, telling my missus, you know, if you need a if you need a diagnosis or anything like that, just let me know because you know, <laughs> I've got I've got I've got my stripes now. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Duff, eh? That's it. That's ah, well, Duff says you're his hero anyway. <laughs> no, no, that's a great lad. You know, I've known him for a few, a few years now, and uh, my missus is quite friendly with his missus. But yeah, no, great lad. He does a lot of good work for charity. And that's stuff, right. So that's great right. lad. Well, he great gets lad. me a lot of guests on here as well. So I've kept does for a long time. So he does me a turn and a. Um, Aye. So if you can take me back to your sort of where your football journey began as a youngster, and what are your early memories of playing football? To be honest, um, you, you probably it's a bit monotonous, you know, hearing about the, the boys the same same <laughs> sort of story. Mine, mine's just very similar. Nice. You know, just a young kid, uh, five six years old, out the back garden playing. Uh, with a, where my my parents stay, there was just a, a a big brick wall across the road. I used to just go across there and play Kirby and hit, hit against the wall, and that's nice. probably where my rotten, my rotten first touches came from. <laughs> but uh, no. <laughs> That was uh, that's basically my, my you know my first memories. Aye. I never I never really, really thought as if football is going to be a career. It's what I wanted to do. It was just something I really enjoyed, and aye, aye. you know had quite a successful primary school, secondary, and stuff like that. So mm. no, it just it was a natural progression to be honest. Where did you yeah. grow up, Stuart? Sure. Um, Aberdeen, uh, Broomhall Road in Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Went to Broomhall Primary School, and uh, our manager Davy Barnett and uh, Stan Milne they took us to Champions Street final won the league with them and right. you know had some cracking 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 players at that uh-huh. even at that age group who were the influences on you then at, at a younger age yeah, it would have to be my it would have to be my dad Ernie um, my mum Barbara you know those were the two you know even when I look I think about it back now you know my dad would run all over Aberdeen you know mm-hmm. every night of the week about training he'd, he'd take me pick up other boys and <laughs> Um, even right throughout my career, he was the only the only opinion I really cared about. Aye. To be fair, yeah. uh, I don't know whether that's looking for a bit of a bit of someone from your dad to hear that he's proud of you and stuff. But no, I was, you know, he's one of those. You know, if you had, if you thought you had a wonder game, he would he would just stone face. He wouldn't say much. But <laughs> um, if you had a bad game, you, you you know, he was he was straight down the line and told me where it was. But uh, he would definitely be my influence. And Brilliant. you know, if you're looking at players. Mm-hmm. It would be the likes of Batistuta, Jim Bett, uh-huh. uh, completely, completely varied, really, because used to watch Italia, yeah, the Italian show on Channel Four. That's right, yeah. Um, used to watch that, and you know, I used to love that Italian football, and you know, a lot of a lot of those players, are, I love to watch. That's where the best uh, players played in the nineties, wasn't it? That's yeah, that's like, it. Yeah, if you mm-hmm. looked at yeah, the money, the money was there. The the high caliber of players was there. And, it was uh, go go lot, so it was uh, yeah. the guy the guy Richardson, Richardson used to do it, but no, it was uh, it was really good, really good, and well, that kind of brought my appetite every Sunday. I'd get up and watch that. So no, aye, aye. Were you an Aberdeen fan then? Growing up in Aberdeen, I, you must have been. I was, aye. yeah, I was, I was. I didn't tend to go to uh, too many Aberdeen games uh, from my parents. Mm-hmm. You know, they worked hard. You know, it was. Uh, I, I was always out playing football. To be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but any weekends I did, you know, I went once or twice with uh, an uncle Walter that um, I used to go with, and my dad, and some of my friends, you know, their parents would take me along. But yeah, uh, a lifelong Aberdeen fan, and aye. you know, yeah, it's just, just the way it was, you know, being brought right. up in Aberdeen, it's, it was just the norm. Aye, aye. So, fan, did you sort of start to realise that you were sort of better than, than Abdi Runabout? Yeah, and fan, did the interest for senior clubs start happening? 
<laughs> Probably about a year ago. No, um, <laughs> to be honest, I was I was pretty lucky. I say lucky, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't probably looking back on it now. I wasn't picked up until I was maybe fourteen, fifteen years old, and okay. the amount of boys that were getting picked up twelve, eleven, twelve, thirteen years old, and you know they were the next big thing, and their parents and everything got way, way ahead of themselves. You know, uh-huh. the lad signed for Aberdeen Rangers, and I don't think any of them actually made it. To be fair, okay. Um, I was for me it actually worked in my benefit because again, my dad had quite a successful team at West Hill and. It wasn't until we basically dominated. I think it was under 13s. We dominated, won absolutely everything. We're beating teams 12, 13 now every week. And <laughs> he says, he said, listen, you've got a choice here. You can stay in, you know, win 12, 13, win all the trophies. You can go to a mid mid table team, uh, which were dice at the at the time. Okay, you know, yeah. the Langus and probably seventh or eighth. You know, very well reputable club. Now you know they'll bring a lot of yeah. youngsters through. And at that time, at my age group, they were kind of mid table and. My dad said, listen, if you go there then and you stand out there, there's more opportunity, you know, there's more yeah, demands right. and you as a player to kind of carry a team. And fortunately for me, it, it kind of worked out that way and um, got approached by Dundee United just to go down and play in a, play yeah. in a trial bounce game. There was about eight us, eight us in the minibus from Aberdeen with <laughs> Kenny Black, who's, okay. I don't know if he's still involved in football, but he's brought a lot of boys through and um, just went down for a trial game. And after after the game, played, played quite well. Didn't really give him much thought. And the guy, Graham Livingston, who was like a renowned scout and youth, you bring a load of youth boys through uh, Dundee United. He basically asked to sign me after the game. So I was was absolutely delighted. Brilliant. So how old were you there when you went to to Dundee United? I was 15. 15. So yeah, they actually had a a training centre up in Aberdeen at the old Waldorf School Mm -hmm. uh, up in Colts. It's about a gym the same size as my back garden and now it's size (laughs) 10. So it just just up there training every week uh, a couple of days a week I train with a boys club as well I play oh. for my school on a Saturday morning okay. you know Bucks and Burns can still play three or four games in a weekend Aye, well that's <laughs> that's the thing I, it's probably something that's you know could be introduced a little bit more because Aye. basically you're, you're learning from your mistakes you know this that's is where you you kind of learn things, uh, you try things, you see things that don't work. But mm. if guys are only getting one game a week, then they're not really going to benefit from that because no, you can get be unbelievable at training. And then when it comes to a game, you can be absolutely honking. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The day after I signed for Dundee United, um, we actually played a game against a local side in Aberdeen, actually up at the university pitches. And um, they were just having a look at a lot of player, trial players from Aberdeen obviously I'd signed the day before so I was delighted Aye. and it w- wasn't until after the game my dad came over and says oh no the Tottenham Chief Scouts just came over looking to sign you but I've just had to tell him he signed yesterday so it's spewing, <laughs> <laughs> spewing. so that's where my like, affections came for them but okay, looking, ba- look, looking back it's probably you know it would have been too much Aye. too far away Aye. from home I was too young and stuff like that but yeah yeah. So, Fan, did you move down to, to Dundee to start? Was it apprenticeship or, or how did that work? Yeah, just uh, YT, YTS at the time, youth, youth forms. Um, my dad basically made me stay on school till six years, said, you know, Aye. the percentage of boys getting through to play football are, are really, really slim. So, you know, I want you to stay on a school. Mm-hmm. Not that it's done me any good, like, but um, <laughs> just went down there into digs and the whole dressing room was boys from boys from Glasgow, a couple uh-huh. from Edinburgh. But I was only only Aberdeen boy there, so I was like a duck out of water. I was, oh, I, really, really, 
I was really, really shy the first couple of years. Yeah. Uh, well, the first the first six months anyway. It wasn't until the Christmas night out that <laughs> the boys arranged uh, a wee dance room and stuff, and I basically came out for shell after that. So brilliant. Uh, so yeah, were you on was you on jobs and stuff then boots and that, or was that uh, yeah. passed by then? No, no. That, that, to, to be honest, it was probably, probably something. I'm glad I did at the time. You know, right. it, it made you appreciate when you did get into the first team the mm-hmm. the effort that goes in behind the scenes. You know, in at seven in the morning, what uh, make sure the kit's folded out for your first team player. You'd be designated a few players, Aye. do all their boots. Um, if they had a double session, you'd come back. You'd have to wait, set up the goals, wait till the session's done, finish the goals, take them back in, back out again, <laughs> give them fresh kit, boots. It was just never ending, and Aye. you know, it was it was seven till. Sometimes eight o'clock at night, just waiting for the kit to dry, folded up into their <laughs> into their uh, holes for each player. But uh, it was it was tough going the you know right, cleaning yeah. birds crap crap <laughs> off the seats every seat in Tannadice. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was it was it was ruthless. Well, it was ruthless. Aye, it was. It gave you a good upbringing, and you know it was. It, I don't think there was as much as that now. And you know, I think aye. if you ask older pros, they would probably like to reintroduce some of that stuff. But I, I think, think health so, and safety aye. would have something to say. Aye. Oh, definitely, aye, aye. Um, some good youth players coming through at that time. Yeah, there was. I was. I was pretty fortunate. You know, I had Terry Boots and Morris Malpass as my, right, my youth team coaches. So I two okay, new bad coaches. To was Malpass still playing? Uh, he was. Aye. Yep, yep, he was. He was, uh, he was. He was. Oh, he was unbelievable. Honestly, read the game like. A couple of years later, he looked at him. But by the way, you can see how he got. He played for as long as he did. You know his understanding of the game, and even Terry. You know when he mm-hmm. he joined in. But if he if it wasn't happening for him, he would just take it out to knees. He was a real hard hard. <laughs> he was still a nutter, was he? <laughs> he was he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. He would have your back no, no matter what. Okay. Um, but coming through, you know, you had the likes of Mark Wilson, Jamie okay. McCurney, mm-hmm. uh, Colin Riley, James Bruce. You know how yeah. You had so many, so many young boys that had represented or represented their, their country at that time. Yep. Um, so United had a really good history, a reputation at that point to right. giving youngsters a chance. And either the quality that I had was scary. Aye. So a good place for a, for a young player to come through at then, because Dundee United are renowned for for their youth sort of productivity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially at that time, you I think who Paul Strick was the manager That's right, when I first originally went and. You know, you had uh, John Blackley, Sloop, Morris mm-hmm. um, Terry, and for me, it was it was a no brainer. It was again, my dad had kind of advised me. You know, it's only an hour down the road. If you don't enjoy it, you can come back. And there was tough times. You know, it's a complete different change of scenery Aye. and attitude. And you're around about Ouija's, You know, they're quick witted, <laughs> and you know, if you're just a shy, yeah, more street wise than the boys felt oh, north. Oh my God! I I just you know. If you left anything out, it was gone. You know, it's just a lot of things like that. But at the same time, you actually saw the desire. And my dad had always warned me, you know, not anything against Glasgow, but you've I've had a I've had quite a nice upbringing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he says these boys will, you know, they'll be hungry. Aye, they, aye, they'll be hungry. They'll, they'll be killed by granite. You get the opportunity <laughs> to play pro, pro football. So um, that was always in the back of my head. You know, I had to I had to really make myself stand out and work, work even even harder than them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good time. So moving, moving down there as a young lad, of he must have had a few Fat Sam's Mardi trips. <laughs> I was never away from there. Um, no, I'm kidding. On. No, no. It was back when I had hair, and you know I was able to straighten it and all that carry on. But no, I'd, uh, I like to say Perth Road. You know, we used to start off, start off up there, Jollies. Aye. Um, 
there was a, like a there was like a Wednesday or a Tuesday Wednesday club. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, if you you could name a you could name every night. You know the boys were out. Um, <laughs> it just depended really, but you know you know Fat Sam's. Uh, I think it's Liquid now. Or aye, might okay, have again, but. Aye. I went to uh, uni St Andrews, so we were over in, in, in Fat Sam's Tuesday and Mardi Wednesday. <laughs> uh, aye, th- those, those were the cheap nights. Really. Aye, that's right. Student uh, nights, aye. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it was just, uh, no, they were aye, really, really good. Uh, you know, you would never go out one or two years, you would be a aye, group of years. And, you know, you got up to no good, but at the same time, it was good for good for team spirit. It helps the bond, bond didn't it? That. Aye. That's it, that's it. And you'd be willing to go through brick walls come come, come a game time for the boys. That's right, so. that's right. Uh, Alex Smith came in and it was, I think, him that gave you your debut in the first team, wasn't it? Right wing back. That's, yeah. Aye. Aye, you t- you're, you're laughing just as much as I am. Um, <laughs> at that time, I was playing centre mid and I, didn't, I was actually doing the kit, uh, the staff kit. So okay. the likes of Alex Smith, Morris, Marpass, mm-hmm. all the all these guys. So one day I plucked up the courage to say, Alex Smith, I think, you know, they're all lying in the bathtub in a buff. I'm just a wee boy going in and, you know, <laughs> all, all, all kind of things hanging out. I'm like, yeah. oh, my word. So I plucked up the courage to say, Alex Smith, listen, I think you should stay up the road from mum and dad in Great Western Road when you were a gaffer at Aberdeen. And he said, all right, okay, son. I uh, just... I had a, had a newsman for five ten minutes, and mm-hmm. I walked away from it saying, oh, "I can't believe I just done that." But <laughs> and uh, literally a couple of weeks later, he they were short our body in the first team and just yeah. shouted my cross, and basically went from there. And mm-hmm. uh, I was never really involved, but I would go away at every single away game and do the hampers. Aye. I'd offer Aye. to you know I'll lay out the kits and just get that you know experience. Aye. And uh, we're down to Kilmarnock lo and behold you know the furthest place away that <laughs> my parents you know they probably couldn't have come to but uh, the, I used to rattle the, the pre-match meals as well I used to have two because I no <laughs> way am I ever going to play sure, surely I'd be in the like a pre-match the day before uh, you know in the, in the team set up so I'd like a double fish and beans a bit of pasta <laughs> I think some toast to finish off and so I'd really went for it and all of a sudden I'm sitting at the front just a young shy boy and he just had a flip chart, lifted it over, and my name was there. And he says, "I sure you're going to start right back." And basically, uh, my ass collapsed. <laughs> oh my word! It was I, I was I was delighted to play, but right. I was thinking, "Oh, my heart!" I remember my heart just almost coming out the chest, but it went pretty well. You know, I think I think right. he says I was I think we got beat two one, and said I was the only bright spot of the day. So it was yeah, it was well, encouraging for yeah. me. That's encouraging. good. Was he a good man, Jack Smith? I had he and Jess on a couple of weeks ago, and, and he said he was brilliant. Yeah, terrific. Um, like I said, I um, a lot, of, a lot, you know, a lot of gratitude to him for giving me the opportunity mm-hmm. because you know, I'd probably twenty boys below me, twenty boys my age, twenty boys above me, you know, That's and right. very, very small amount of those actually went on to have a mm-hmm. career in the game. And I was, I'll put it to, you know, there's a lot of factors in it, but you know, a terrific man and coaching methods, man management, yeah. uh, detail, even at that, at that time, you know, it wasn't. Um, Hugely white, you know, it wasn't widely known, uh, but yeah. you know, terrific, terrific guy. And I actually bumped into him in the when I was doing my A license coaching, and okay. you know, I made a point of going over. and He was just about to move over to Australia to emigrate, was to see spend more time with his grandkids. Aye, uh, okay. So yeah. I made a I made a point of going over and saying, "No, oh, I've got a lot to thank you for." And he's like, uh-huh. "Oh, I've always kept an eye." No, really lovely guy, lovely guy, home a lot. Brilliant. Um, you got a good run in the team after that, didn't you? End of that season, I believe you you picked up a young player of the month award as well for April that year. Yeah, it's, it it kind of all, all all happened quite quickly. Um, I predominantly play right back, right wing back, potentially right side of a right side of a centre centre mid. Um, but 
again, you know, it was out of the faith that the management and the coaches mm-hmm. put in me. And at that time, I was still doing a job, so it was okay. uh, it was tough. It was tough going. You know, it wasn't until you and CD had. 10, 15, 20 games under your belt that you were you were actually in the first team dressing room. You were right. you were classed as a first team player. So I was still in with all the, the youth the youth boys and you know just still doing all the jobs and stuff. But no, I had a good wee run and uh, got young player of the month like you say and that was a that was a really good award and got a nice decanter, a glass decanter from it. I still got it actually. Oh, so brilliant. um never used it like but <laughs> <laughs> no, just re- really really nice award for me to get and you know they're pretty rare. So yeah. Definitely. Um that early spell there were some good players in the club still, and you mentioned Mal Bass, but uh, Hannah was there, Billy Dodds, Charlie Miller, Jason Divorce. They were all about the team then, were they? Yeah, they were. They were all there. Uh, I think who, who else you potentially? I think if, if you went right through, like Alan Combs, Charlie Miller, aye, Alan Combs, uh, Jim McCunney, Mark Wilson, mm-hmm. Jim McCracken, Craig Easton, Jim Patterson, Stephen Thompson, who's Ooh, a, who's mm-hmm. a He's an Italian. Oh my God! How on earth he's got that gig? But Listening to the Open guy. Goal podcast and some of the stories, he sounds like he's a nutter away from football. Absolute, oh, <laughs> absolute, absolute lunatic, Aye. absolute lunatic. But you know, if if, if ah, he's just just a, a cracking lad, you know, it's, it's good to see Aye. him doing so well. But uh, I'm not too sure about him and Michael Stewart's dress sense. To fair <laughs> him, but no, uh, I give him a lot of text now and again. But no, a good lad, but. <laughs> Really, really good players at that at that time. Good learning experience for me. Aye. Like I said, Billy Dodds, uh, David Hanna, you know Charlie Miller, um, even Derek McInnes. You know, that's where that's I right, became aye. quite friendly with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of these boys are really, really good professionals. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll take I'll take Charlie out that equation, but um, the rest, the rest <laughs> the of the boys. Oh, frightening! It's scary. Mm-hmm. scary. I mean, he came oh, through honestly, Rangers, he was class. He was unbelievable. I think if he'd. Uh, out of football, if he'd maybe a dietitian or you know just w- he, watch what he had to drink. Uh, if he stuff. came through but now, eh, it could have been different. That's the thing. He, he, he could go for a night out with Jollies on a Friday night and be unbelievable on a Saturday. <laughs> he, was, he was literally that good technically and just a bit, natural, natural ability. Really good player. <laughs> you know, the first team at that point, you know, they integrated me quite. The next year, actually, got changed in the first team dressing room. That was a bit <laughs> more daunting going in with the going on with the boys you've just been cleaning boots for and you know you <laughs> yeah. had the likes of Paul Paul Garlick Alan Combs Jim McIntyre uh, Craig Brewster Dent McInnes Barry Robson you know so many boys that had that vast experience and you know they would just give you a little nugget and here and there they would just tell you to keep working hard if it wasn't happening for your bits, yeah. of, bits of your game that you could go work on off mm-hmm. off training um, so no I had a really good really good uh, like upbringing oh, with the boys yeah. they were really good yeah. Uh, the 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 sort of two thousand two or three season was a was a tough year. I think narrowly avoiding relegation. I, I think I saw that Russell Latte had joined the club at that point. He was he was another class player, but uh, a bit of a party animal. I was it now was he? Oh, oh I like the smoke <laughs> as well. Oh Aye. my god, he used to just turn up to training, you know, playing Bob Marley in his car, windows down, <laughs> smoke would just I pile out the car. You know, you come into training and be I technically like Charlie. Him and Charlie were just dynamite together. On, a, on and off the oh, park um, <laughs> but Ru- Russell was you know a scary scary ability and you know some of the stories he used to come out with you know back in Trinidad you know he'd going out for drinks with Brian, Brian Lara and Dwight York and sweet, Jor- Jordan and all this but uh, it was crazy <laughs> just a different world but he pleased himself didn't he that's it uh, but we had a, a like I say we had a very very tricky season that's that sweet, season I think 
was about, I think Barry scored a penalty the last game up at Inverness and okay. uh, remember the pitch invasion and stuff and boys are getting <laughs> you're thinking that the fans are going to come on and celebrate <laughs> with you but they're actually digging you because they're All in right, that situation okay. so they're throwing in punches boys are, boys are getting hit in the ribs and then a chin but in no the, it, was, it was good to stay up yeah. in the end I think was that the season that because Motherwell fished bottom but they ended up avoiding it anyway didn't they was that That's a right, season? Yeah, I think, somebody could have come up. Was it Falkirk or something? I think I think it was Falkirk. Aye. Yeah, I think Ian e. McCall. Yeah, That's, That's right. right. And then Ian e. McCall, obviously Kerzo, Lee Miller, a few boys there. Aye. The uh, the ground at Brockville, they you was know, wasn't up to standard. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. You mentioned there about fans sort of hating digs because they were in that position. It's, it might be harder for folk these days to realise just how big a club Dundee United are and were near that long before that spell. Was it still about? Obviously, Jim McLean was a chairman, wasn't he? Was, was this sort of his shadow looming large above the, above the club? It was from day one. You right. know, as a young boy, his his office used to be at the top of the stairs, and you'd uh-huh. have to pass it every day to go and get a lunch. And uh-huh. you'd basically you'd be looking up the stairs to make sure the door was shut before you went past, <laughs> and you'd be sprinting past in case he in case he holds you in the office and stuff. But no, a wonderful man, and Aye. you know, it's such a such a pity that he's. Mm-hmm. You know, lost his battle with a, a horrible illness, but um, uh, he was still know, very much hands on, though. Yeah, yeah, he was. You know, he had that aura and that that kind of yeah, basically just that aura about him. You know, had that had that respect off the whole whole club. Uh, um, and like we yeah. touched on, it's it is a big big club. And at that time, you know, I think through the eighties, likes of David Neary, Hergerty, Holt, Malpass. You know, they were one of the one if not the top side in Europe. That's right. Yeah. Um, in the early eighties, so. Um, it's disappointing that they weren't able to continue that, but I think they then ventured into a lot of bringing youth and Aye. trying to sell players on, like Duncan Ferguson, right. you know, boys like that, Christian Daly. Mm-hmm. So, no, a really, really lovely club and, you know, a lot of lovely people that are still in touch with now and still, still there. So, you know, Aye. good place. Aye. Um, in, the, in the middle of that Dundee United spell, you represented uh, Scotland under-21s a fair bit, didn't you? You had some good experiences away with the Scotland camp. Yeah, yeah, that was... I remember, I remember it uh, really, really fondly. It was a game against Hibernian and I think mm. I'd set up a couple of goals, and um, again playing right wing back. And it was one, it, first time I went off the pitch. You know, we'd won perfect. I'm absolutely buzzing. Jim McLean had actually pulled me aside and says, "You know, listen, that you know, that was a, that was a really good performance." Um, you know, if you need anything in the future, just give me a shout. I'm always here. Any mm-hmm. advice? You know, just knock on my door. I'm here, and that just shows the kind of caliber of the man. Brilliant. And literally walked into the dressing room. Morris Malpass, who's um, one of the coaching staff, alongside Rainer Bonhoff, who's oh, the coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bertie Volks, number two. Yeah, he'd he'd been at the game and basically said to Morris, you know, I think it was the next day they, they had a they had a camp or they had a game, so. The next day I was away, Morris came in, I was absolutely buzzing, I had to get a train up to Aberdeen and then hmm. back down to Glasgow, I think it was Largs, um, and joined up with the joined up with the the, the squad there and Aye. you know, the calibre of the squad that was there at that point it was it was unbelievable. It was all the best players from Celtic Rangers down south. I've seen some of the names me, in the squads in, that you played in, there's uh, McGregor and the goals and there's Fletcher and uh, uh, Kevin Kerr, McFadden, aye. Maloney, oh, oh. just aye, a scary ability. Michael Stewart was there, um, okay. John Kennedy. There's lots, lots of boys. So it was uh, Stevie Hamill, Motherwell. You aye. know, he, he's really, really top quality boys, and most of them want to have really good careers. Sweet. And a lot of them know, played for the full team. Didn't yeah, they? that's it. That's it. So no, it was really good to see and great bunch of lads and played some 
you know, really, really top quality sides. Uh, Germany beat them away. Uh, they like Schweinsteiger. Quality. They had a few, a few of the big boys playing then. Yeah. Uh, likes of Ghana, Croatia. Just that's completely different trips. experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, scary! Yeah, yeah. The trips, you know, you would get the odd night out here and there, but yeah. it's a lot more subdued over. Aye. You know, um, we just narrowly missed out in qualification. I think it was a good beat for Croatia and go. I think one nil at home. So yeah. Aye, but. Uh, Good times back at Dundee United. I think Ian McCall came in, didn't he? For uh, when Alex Smith left, how, how was he as a gaffer for you? <laughs> he was all right. He was very animated. Uh-huh. Um, he, he, you touched on it before. Falkirk had just missed out and coming okay, up. Yeah, so he was, a, he was a man. He was a manager in demand, and aye. I think Dundee United had liked like style of play or whatever. But he just came in for day one and. He reshuffled the squad, took in a bit more experience, mm-hmm. took in a few of the guys he knew, Lee Miller, Colin Samuel, Mark Kerr, because um, he had trust, the faith in those guys. They came in, you know, enhanced the squad. You know, they were really good when they came in. Um, but I was, yeah, I was fine with me. I'd, I'd got, I had a good relationship with him. Um, he used to love talking about himself and how he used to, you know, with the Rangers and how he used to play with Rangers and stuff. <laughs> he would join in training. I swear, boys would try and absolutely smash him <laughs> uh, all over the place. But uh, he, he wouldn't like it. And Tony Dockett, who's obviously now at Aberdeen, he's, right. he was his assistant in Gordon right. Chisholm. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, uh, Coley, uh, he, was, he was good. He was good. good. Um, you, said, you mentioned McInnes that you played with him, and he's obviously Aberdeen manager now. Uh, he seems to be getting a bit of a hard time anyway for the Aberdeen fans what's your thoughts on that because again fans get to do any better <laughs> oh, to, to, to be honest you know I, you know, I know I know Derek off the field you know quite mm-hmm. well and you know he's a, he's a lovely guy and you could see from back in the day he was going to have that kind of you know that charisma of going and be a manager no. I'm not surprised at kind of how well he's done but I, I think the stick he's getting just now He's probably one of the only managers in the SPL that's been there for that that length of time. Um, he must be second longest manager, but at the same time, you know, he's he's pretty, you know, consistent with getting Aberdeen into Europe. I know it's not all the yeah. be all and end all, but um, he's working with you know a slightly smaller budget than the, the teams above him. But to give him the stick just now, I think it's probably a, a lack of respect. I think a lot of the, uh, the fans need to realise, you know, that that's where the club as a whole probably are just now is probably battling for third and getting into Europe. And mm-hmm. um, potentially this year, I think there's an opportunity to go and push Celtic, definitely. It could be, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Results definitely. Like last night, mate, I'll, I'll, I'll hit a stop, like, but... Uh... Yeah, but I, I know, I know, I know Derek is, you know, as a guy, you know, I, you, you, you won't be, you won't be, um, too happy like last night's result for instance against Livingston he'd be absolutely raging the uh, first half you got a reaction from the but he's got a good coaching staff a good mm-hmm. core uh, Tony Dock Barry's there Paul Sheeran Gordon Marshall yeah. he's got good experience there and, uh, and they've all tied I think there's stri- a couple of strikers that they've signed all will come good I watched Hornby play for the under 21s a few times and, and he scored some cracking goals yeah I think he'll come good like Aye, well, you know, your, your core of your squad, your Ferguson, McCrory, and the park, you know, you're, you're very, very strong, you know, really, I do rate those players highly, you know, you've got experience of Johnny Hayes, um, here's hoping that, you know, the, the guys that have come in, um, actually, Canberra, I don't know whether he's got international clearance, but, yeah, you know, he's got three, three, uh, three good, good players coming in, you know, but th- at the same time, they need the ammunition, That's so it's, it's up to the other boys <laughs> to kind of step up and, 
I'm sure they will. It might take a couple of weeks for them to bed in, but sooner right. the better because right. Aberdeen need to be challenging up that end of the league and their good attack and performances and keeping clean sheets. Yeah, yeah. Um, but back to the playing days, and uh, I think I read that you were one of the many players that was on the end of a, a Rudy Scatchel greener, were you? <laughs> now, now you say I can taste it again. Um, no, I was. It was. I just like at Tanner. I think um, Craig Levine was the manager, and um, basically, I think I think I'd made it made a tackle on him. Just as I got up, he'd said something, and I said, basically, you know, said some pleasant to him, and he's just basically turned around and spotted me. Aye. So I've went into I've went after the game, and I'm like. Ah, Dirty, you know, he spat all over me and that. Right. So after after that, all the boys were like, "Oh, he's spatting me! Oh, he's spatting me!" <laughs> I'm like, so I know I didn't live that down for ages. Right. Um, I think at the same time he'd spat on Neil Lennon. So that's right, know, a couple was, of weeks was, later, wasn't it? I, I was basically so I was like, "Oh, I told you." <laughs> and still, all the boys were like, "Nah, he, did, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. You just shot it." I was like, oh, well. Aye, um, Gordon Chisholm also took over for. Ian McCall didn't he um, how did it go for him was that Finn he's got to the Scottish Cup final was he in charge then yeah Aye. yeah. Um, it was probably quite a tough gig mm. um, taking over I think if they'd maybe had a reshuffle of the whole management Aye, stuff I think because okay. Chizzy had been there a wee while but the guys respected Chizzy I think that's what you know the older mm-hmm. pros and the, the boys in about you know he knew the club he knew what it was about and it was an opportunity for him and, you know if, if I was in that position, you're not going to turn it down. And no. uh, Chizzy, another another nice guy. Um, you know, probably didn't really happen for him at uh, Dundee United. I don't think he went on to coach again after that. But okay. um, he's still in and around the game. You know, I think he does a lot of scouting work for teams down south. But no, again, Chizzy, lovely, lovely lad, and that, and. Uh, uh, just disappointing. I think yeah. there's about eight, eight or nine managers you could probably say that. I you know it was just uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Timberton United. Uh, it was an eventful season that one, though, wasn't it, with the Scottish Cup final? And I think I think I saw you also scored a winning goal at Ibrox, which helped the club sort of stay up. Yeah, it was. You know, probably the Scottish Cup final was probably a, a little bit of a regret. I remember Chizzy. Mm-hmm. I'd played every single game leading up to the final, uh, yeah. even the league games and stuff. And he actually pulled my side before it and said, "Listen, I'm going to." Gonna have to start. Well, not gonna have to start. I'm starting you on the bench, and no. um, the reason for it is a lot of these guys that are old. It's they're the last opportunity to play a Scottish Cup final. <laughs> um, so that was a that was a kick in the teeth. To be fair, uh-huh. um, I was I was raging, raging. But I got on. You know, I got on a, a decent time. Got some minutes in, but uh-huh. uh, that was a bit of kick in the teeth. But a really good experience. You know, the build up to it and uh-huh. going away. Spent you know three or four days before at a hotel and that. You know, it was brilliant. Uh, just disappointing we didn't well one we didn't win and two that I didn't mm-hmm. get more mm-hmm. didn't start the game so I was a little cheesed off at that but yeah. um, the game at I, uh, the game at Ibrox nobody they were they were thumping teams they were up the top of the league Sweet. and you know come the end of the season I look back and I don't think it helped Rangers league, league, league chances I think it was really tight yeah. tight at the top of them and Celtic so it scuppered Rangers for the league and kept them United up so I was just a fan almost Aye, aye. <laughs> That's right. Again, my arse just collapsed. I didn't even know how to celebrate and just <laughs> running about and like, oh no! It was after two minutes and aye. we got absolutely battered, battered <laughs> the rest of the game. Things were coming off the post and along the line, and it, it just uh, you need that kind of a little bit of luck when you go to those those types of places. Um, uh, yeah. But the, but in the flip side of that, you know the. 
you can you can show them too much respect at times. You know, you need to go there and really have a go and dig in and you know have a right pop at them because at least they, you know Sweet. they don't expect it. So, um, no, a good place to win and a good place to score. Definitely, definitely. You must have played with some jokers in your in your time. It's it's funniest thing you've seen going on in the dressing room that you could tell us. <laughs> I, uh, there's that. To be fair, there's been a few. You know, the, the originals where you know. Just a young boy, you know, you'd be saving up all week. You'd be in a hundred pound a week, and Aye. you'd be saving up like three months for a pair of Armani jeans. And you'd come back in with training, and boys would cut cut them from into shorts. <laughs> uh, boys boots Classic, boots yeah. nailed, <laughs> boots nailed to the floor, deep heat in the boxers. Yeah. Um, to be fair, they, after a couple of years, it was myself and probably a couple of others that actually took the mantle of that and. Aye. Actually, with the, I actually were the wind up merchants. <laughs> uh, Billy Dodds is one. His number plate used to have, uh, be some in Dodds. Okay. You know, that was his number plate. So we flipped him inside out because he had big, big ears at that time. <laughs> so we wrote big ears on his number plate. He went all the way down to Glasgow and got pulled over. <laughs> and the boy said, "Hi, have you seen a number plate?" And he was like, "Yeah, bastards, right." So, um, no, yeah. just the, just the sort of normal stuff. He likes likes of Charlie Miller, um, yeah. Mark Kelly Miller, Dave McCracken was. Oh, one of one of the funniest boys you'll ever meet, okay. uh, Dave McCracken. Oh, just just unbelievable, and a night outer, really? just in and around the club, just a, a cracking lad. And he's, uh, I'm not surprised they've got such a good partnership with Falkirk now. Mm-hmm. I well, one of one of one of the best, best, one of the funniest experiences I've ever had was when we had uh, after playing in the cup final with Dungeon United. One of the directors had actually said, "Listen, get the cup final." We'll take us all the way to La Manga for a <laughs> for a week. So all the boys are like that, brilliant, right? That's it. Uh, there was no train. I think it was one or two days training, but all the boys are half cut and stuff. So anyway, we've got a golf day out. So myself, Paul Jarvey, who's a mad goalie uh, up at Peterhead, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mark Kerr and Dave McCracken, we've around a four ball. So we've taken like eight, you know, loads of beers with us and having a beer every hole. So about sixteenth hole, boys are slicing things everywhere. <laughs> I'm in the buggy with Mark Kerr, driving towards his ball, and he's actually leaning out just a way to pick it up. And then just out the corner of my eye, I see Paul Jarvey coming up the brow a hill over a bunker, <laughs> driving straight towards us. And I'm like, oh no, he's about, he's waiting to decapitate Kerzo here. At the last minute, he swerved and actually smashed into our buggy. So we're like, oh no. So our, our buggy was absolutely fine. It was mental. So we, we were like, Jarvey's buggy, however, it was front wheel, uh, front wheel driving. So... <laughs> As soon as we went right or left, basically the wheels went inside, so we were, we were howling, laughing. Aye. So we've got two holes, two holes left. So anyway, we get to the end of the 18 holes, and one of the, you know, they've got a windy path up a hill as well. Mm-hmm. They've got to go to put your buggies back. So literally every corner, the buggy's smashing into the, <laughs> smashing into the side of the wall. The, the guy at work there came out and says, you know, what, what's happened to you? And we says, oh, you know, just, just the last hole, you know, someone, someone clinked, you know, someone's hit it. Huh. And uh, he says, right, okay, I'll, go, I'll need to go and get the manager. So by this point, we're absolutely steaming. We're, we're absolutely wrecked. <laughs> so we go to the bar and we're sitting. We're, so Jarvie went away to the toilet. So in the meantime, we've said to the, we, we've discussed it between ourselves, me, Dave McCracken and Kers, and says, listen, let's say to Jarvie that we all need to chip in 150 euros each. And uh, <laughs> the manager's been down and we need to pay it. So anyway, Jarvie comes back from the toilet. He's half half cut, and we're still drinking. And uh, Dave McCracken goes away as if he's you know going to the toilet and speak mm. to the manager. Came back and said, "Listen, uh, lads, we're going to need to pay 150 euros each." <laughs> so we're all like, "Oh, you're joking, mate! You're joking, Jarvie. You, you know, this is all your fault." And he's like, "No, ah, oh, no, no, no danger." So 
we're we're prodding him for about half an hour, right. just saying, Javi, you need to get attention. So we all we all put our money on the table. And Javi's like, nah, nah, I'm not paying it. I'm not paying it. <laughs> nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a manager. You you tell him he's wrecked, and he's saying, I'm, you tell that manager. I'm gonna tell him my dad's a greensman at Balgownie Golf Course in Aberdeen. <laughs> so I'm we're all in bits like Javi, wrap up. No no danger. Nah. So anyway. We'll keep going. And he's still refusing to put in his money. And we're, we're all like, oh, keep this going. We'll keep this going. Lo and behold, this guy, Suave Jar, on, say, suavest guy you've ever seen, comes right. into the bar, stands at the bar. So Dave McCracken and myself look at each other and say, just kind of wink and nod and say, right, <laughs> let's kid on. That's the manager. <laughs> Jarvie then looks over and David McCracken says, that's the that's manager over there. <laughs> and Jarvie says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go up and speak to him. We're like, no, Jarvie, you can't. No, no, don't, don't go and see him. Don't go and see him. Yes, a, you know, just leave him. Anyway, this guy gets up, takes his coffee, goes away outside. Jarvie jumps out his chair, <laughs> runs after the boy. So we had, we had to run out the bar I wrecked. See what Jarvie was doing. Jarvie had the boy by the scruff of the neck up in his face, and I'm not giving you a ref and fucking 150 euros. Shove it up your arse. He's wanting to scrap with the boy. It was just a guy who wanted to play golf. He's a 18 holer. Oh my God. God. So, oh, at the end, of, you know, we, we says, No, Jarvie, Jarvie, let him go, let him go. And eventually he kind of he clicked on. He'd, you know, right. having a long the whole time. But uh, I just showed Jarvy tight ass. You know, we didn't pay 150 euros, but what a laugh! Oh Go my on. god! Go on, eh? uh, amazing. Um, so you played under Craig Brewster and Craig Levine before before you left. How were they? Because Brewster's a Dundee United legend, isn't he? For that cup final, in the early nineties. I was uh, one of the things about me. Yeah. Craig, that I found about about Craig Brewster um, was that he was still playing at that time. Okay, she was still getting involved in training and in games and stuff like that. And I think you should have probably stepped away from that and just right, concentrated on the management beef, side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I remember a couple of weeks after he came in, he said, oh, "I won't name names, but he said, right, if any of you boys are any happy at my training methods, put your hands up now.'" <laughs> and I was about five. I was about five boys put their hands up. I experienced boys. <laughs> okay, and. At least three of them, or four, no, four of them, have wanted to be managers. Okay, um, and that I top flight managers. Aye. So it was four, four of them put their hands up, and you're like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> so straight away, literally two days later, they were all kind of released in a way. But aye. I'd lost a bit of the dressing room. A very young squad, and aye. you know, I, I, yeah, he had the respect, but uh, at the same time, it just didn't really happen for him. Yeah, is that from the likes of sort of David Goodwill and we're coming through or? Hi, David Billy, David Robertson, uh, quite a lot of boys, Johnny Russell, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of boys getting, you know, given opportunities to come in and do a job, and they did, they did did very well. Um, You had had a few signs that you're looking at, scratching your head, they were absolutely awful, you know, (laughs) curly toe feet, and Stevie Stevie Craig and curly toe, so, you just, (laughs) just... Aye, they were horrendous. Some of the, you uh, know, I, I, I remember one with Jim McLean actually. That okay. uh, he'd, he'd take basically for some unknown reason, we turned up to train in the dressing room, and all the dressing room is filled with all these boys for uh, Ecuador. <laughs> so it's fifteen of them, fifteen boys for Ecuador, and they've got like Timberlands and flip flops <laughs> and shorts, and I had, we're going, oh, they must be in for a tour visit or something, you know? <laughs> they must be in just for looking around the club. And Jim McLean says, no, no. I'm going to have a look at all these boys. Uh, you know, we're looking to sign them. 
So we're all like, we're all like, aye, aye, good, aye, good in. So anyway, all the boys, no kit, no boots. So all the boys have been through and, oh, I need a pair of mouldies, I need a pair of studs, yeah, I need all the kit and stuff like that. And I kid you not, the next day, only two of them turned up. They'd all got <laughs> their flight <laughs> away with the stuff. They'd ripped, it, ripped the arse out of the hotel, the bill that they got through the, the club. I think it was in the thousands, you know, they'd get drinks and food, and they'd all just left the next day. Oh, that's a big time away. <laughs> oh, just, just away, you know, away to sell their boots. And, right. Oh, Christ. Tell me about Craig Levine then, because he, he obviously gets a wee bit of a bad rep face time at Scotland and how things finished up at Hearts, but he did okay at Dundee United, didn't he? Do you want to know somebody? He was, he was a really, really good manager. Aye. He'd... Um, he was probably the first manager that kind of looked into analysis, analytics okay. of the game. You know, we'd break things down, sit you down, have team meetings about... Uh, it wasn't good if you were, if you had a howler at a weekend, yeah. because, you know, he would highlight you. And it wouldn't just be one clip. He'd focus right. the whole session, right, okay. you, you're getting it. And it was boys who got it, if, you know, every week. And But, no, he was he was actually really good. His methods, uh, he worked a lot on set plays. Right. You know, everybody... Everybody knew their role. He had a very regimental kind of thing about it, and he was a very demanding coach. But at the same time, mm. he would he would back you up to the hilt. And yeah. you know, I was I was really, actually really impressed with mm. uh, Craig Levine and Peter Houston. So I, th- oh, I right. thought they were excellent. Yeah. So I'm, I wasn't surprised that he, you know his trajectory kind of went took him to the Scotland job. Mm. But uh, to play what was it five at a back and five six, six, zero, something right. like that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but no, lovely again, lovely guy. And, you know, after I left in United, you know, he made time to get in touch and wish him all the best and see how he was doing. But no, good guy. Good. So, how did it come about then that you you left Dundee United after nine years? Was it? I think it, yeah, it was nine years. I right. should have ripped the arse out and got a testimonial. Yeah, to be honest, but uh, <laughs> no, no, it was it was just one of those one of those things. I had a house and I was actually staying in Canusie at the time and. Okay. Uh, an agent had phoned and says, listen, there's some interest from Aberdeen. I spoke to the guy and he said, listen, if we're not going to stand in your way, uh, we know how much you know Aberdeen means to you, you know, you're from there, you know, feel free to speak to them. It was a no-brainer. I'd made a decision. Dream move. Decision. Club. Decision, yeah, yeah. But I actually had a Dundee United fan over there that used to stay over the back with me. So okay. I was out chipping balls in the back garden, like just chilling out. And uh-huh. the, the deal had been arranged and everybody said, oh, Duff's away to Aberdeen. <laughs> and uh, the United fan was like, no, he's no, I can see him out the back garden. He's chipping <laughs> golf balls. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> so, but I literally got to train up and, you yeah. know, I'd spoken to Jimmy and I, I knew a few of the boys at Aberdeen, but uh, that's the first time I'd really moved clubs and Aye. it was a bit daunting at the same time but a good, good experience and one that I would never turn down I'm glad I did no. Tough though after so long to leave Dundee United you obviously had roots there and then were in the fabric Yeah Aye. Yeah it was you know you made a lot of friends over the years and um, it's impossible to keep up keep up and keep in touch with all yeah. these guys over Aye. the years but no I had, a, I had a fantastic time at Dundee United and you know, a lovely like I said it's a lovely club and made so many like lifelong friends there mm-hmm. and it was probably the right place for me to have my upbringing in football and give me a good grounding for the rest of my career so Aye. no I've got a lot to thank for, thank them for to be honest and it's Aye. Aye. it's not often I actually get back down to seat you know back yeah. down to watch games but uh, I should actually make a point that with more, more time in my hands A club that you'd recommend Young folk for your area to go to and develop it. Well, well, not just now because I'm yep. coaching at Aberdeen, Aye. so I need to I need to kind of recruit for Aberdeen. So. Aye. Aye, do not go um, no, at, at, at the same time, um, yeah, but you know, if you get rejected, it's, it's, Aberdeen, go to Dundee. 
Well, basically, <laughs> put it down to that. No, it was uh, no. I think they've still got a still got a very reputable academy, and you know they've got a good history of bringing players through. And yeah, I think if you look at their first team, even just now, you know they've got a five or six at least through their academy, and mm-hmm. it's just a conveyor belt down there, a conveyor belt, and uh-huh. you know it's in theory a selling club, and hopefully Aberdeen can kind of get to that. Mm-hmm. You know, as many academy graduates coming right all the way through because that. At the end of the day, that's our us as coaches. That's our role is that's to it. progress these boys to play in a first team, not to potentially sell them on. That's it. They've got no excuses. You know, you <laughs> could you could be training down at the beach or some of the places we used to train it was just horrendous. You know, foxes and deers running across the pitch halfway through and <laughs> crazy, crazy. But no, the facilities are there now. It's you know been a long time coming, and yeah, I think yeah. you will see you will see the benefits of that come come a year or two and. Um, you know, mm-hmm. basically everything there for the kids. It's up to them to Take go and do it now. Aye, aye. Yeah. Now, Dun- Dungeon United got the cup final because it was a January transfer, wasn't it? So you'd have missed that. Yeah, it was. I'd actually played for. Yeah, I'd, I was. It was one of those. You know, you're still watching it, gutting, thinking, you know, I could have been there. But at the same time, uh, I'd played in Europe yeah, um, yeah. earlier that season for Dungeon United, so mm-hmm. that was a good. That was a I think ticked off my list, and aye. you know, and that was when Aradine. Bayern Munich, you That's know, right. those right. about three or four games against them. I was cup tied. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, d- double whammy. But uh, again, just to be involved in that and, Definitely. you know, really good experience and uh, see, see some of the quality players in the show. But mm-hmm. uh, no, it was good to see the boys got to the cup final and did well. Uh-huh. It was just one of those, just one of those things. We're a bit disappointed, but, you know, I truly uh-huh. want to see Aberdeen, you know, progress. And That's I think right. that is that is Derek's aim is to, to progress at these group stages because I think it would bring a lot to the club and the city to, to be uh, back in that stage again and here's hoping. Definitely. Jimmy Calderwood, if it was, if it was he like, he kind of divided a, opinion as gaffer, but he, he played a unique brand of football that a lot of Don's fans are crying out for again. Yeah, do you want to know somebody who's, it's, it's a real shame obviously, Jimmy's, Jimmy's uh, dealing with his illness and that as well mm. just now, and yeah. it's 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 not nice to see. And he's, he's probably unrecognisable from what most people remember him. But for yeah. me, he was you know man management. He was he was actually hilarious. Just some of his team <laughs> talks, and he would be doing team talks, and he would be. I remember that he came back for pre-season. We came back for pre-season one time, and he basically walked in the door. And he used to be big oak doors at Pitodry. He Aye. walked in, and he was the same colour as the door. <laughs> I and the door, oh, <laughs> oh my god! All, all his, his his lips were all burnt, so they were all pink and blistered, and that. So he's starting to do it, and all the boys are. I couldn't take him seriously, but as a, he was great in and around the boys, and he also had Jimmy Nicholl and Sandy Clark behind him. They did most of the. Mm-hmm. Most of the coaching and um, most of the like training and stuff like that. Um, so again, good pedigree. But Jimmy was Jimmy was brand new, and he liked to reshuffle his squad every mm-hmm. game. I I tend to find he had almost a team for the bottom six and the top six. And okay. fortunately for me, I was I was involved in the team of the top six All and right. used to play play a game play, play those games. So. Um, I missed bit, out playing uh, Hamilton and okay, Gretna yeah. and all these boys. <laughs> he had a bit of a melted towards the end of your first season, didn't he? He was threatening to release Abdi at one point. <laughs> I, I, it was, I think I think it was it must have been not long after January and you know, the club were in a bit of a sticky position and um, we did pick up results and performances you know played a, like you say attacking brand of football mm-hmm. it was all gung-ho and um, caution to the wind and you know you had a pretty solid defence so you could you could afford to do that and um, uh, it was a few boys that were that were, that were threatened with it uh, but at the same time I think it was just a you know just a, basically a prod us mm-hmm. see what they could get out of us it's probably a a psychological kind of statement that he's made, and um, 
it was it was never really in doubt, and I knew, I knew that I would be staying staying for at least another year longer. So uh, it was just a, a quiet threat. So good guys are in the club you were playing with. Obviously, it was Ander Diamond and Langfield and Russell Anderson. I think I think Russell, I Russell. No, no, he was he was there for about Aye. six months. Um, sorry, I think Chris Clark, Jamie okay. Smith, the Youngs, um, were still there, was it? Scott Severin, yeah, uh, Derek Young was there. Mm. Marky, so you had, play, he? yeah, you had, a, you had a core of boys that had been there probably five or six years playing together. Um, it wasn't probably until the second year, like so Lee Miller, Mark Kerr, Charlie McGrew, these boys came in. Before, so it was. For me, it was a win-win. Likes of Sean Eluko, you know, I think it took him a loan to start with. And, uh, Chris McGuire, you know, mm-hmm. different types of Richard Foster. Just this depended, but you know, they were a good, good core of squad. And mm-hmm. um, Barry Nicholson, he was actually a, he was a really, really good player. Um, but right, a lot yeah. of these guys moved on. Um, I went in the January, and a lot of these boys moved on in the summer. Mm-hmm. So, but again, a, again, a good squad. Aye, aye. And some some high enough finishes. I think third and fourth places. Um, in a couple of semi-finals, uh, one season the Queen of South one must have must have hurt Abdi at the club. That was a real chance of a, a final against Rangers, wasn't it? Oh, it was. Funny, it's funny. I was actually speaking about that the other week, and okay. it was. I hate saying it now, but it was one of those games where I'm delighted. <laughs> I did. I didn't get on. I, did, aye, I, aye. I sat on the bench, and I'm. <laughs> So it was one of those when Jimmy's turning around having a look at you, you know, who's uh-huh. going on? You're actually ducking, you're ducking. <laughs> try to find, you know, I'll, I'll tie my bootlaces. Don't you know, I'm my not name attached any, to yes. <laughs> oh, I don't want any part of that. So oh, just, oh, just a kick in the teeth, you know, yeah. they're there for the taking, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether it was the occasion just got to the boys, but just a crap performance and yeah. just just one of those things. But it's where Aberdeen need to be, you know, yeah. you know getting to, get to finals. Never mind. Get it's oh, get to semi, get to this. Nah, you need to get to a final. You know, if you ask any fans, it's one of the best days out ever. And oh, one of my best experiences when I was younger was going to the Coca Cola Cup final. Okay, it was nineteen eighty six. Okay, Stephen Glass got man of the match and got a bike, a rally bike, <laughs> um, a Coca Cola rally bike. Oh, it was like uh, where nowadays you get a Rolex watch or something. So, no. uh, but is that like the I one said, against Dundee? Was it? That was it, yeah, yeah. Aye. So I think it was uh, Stephen Glass and Billy Dodds. Right. I can't add, uh, but I remember, you know, that was my first experience of a final and just uh, the whole build up around it, the bus down and Aye. everybody singing. And I was only, you know, I couldn't drink and stuff like that. Then, That's but, the things you mind, no, didn't it? A lot of boys are after the money nowadays, but you, know, you didn't mind. You didn't mind the pounds flying in. It's the trophies and the, the memories that you'll you'll have forever for your cup finals and stuff. That's it. That's it. I was actually speaking to Dean Donaldson there oh, the and he was saying, "How many trophies did you win?" So he's all, he's forever telling me how many you know how you know how league <laughs> goal scorers trophies he's won. But uh, well, we'll uh, see how many uh, he'll pick up at Tara now. He's a new gaffer. Uh, we'll see. I don't, I don't think they'll be winning much trophies there, but we'll see. <laughs> I wish him all the best. A good lad. Uh, good lad. Uh, okay. Um, Mark McGee came in, didn't he? Towards the end of your time there, he he struggled a bit at the Dons, didn't he? He, t- t- to be honest, I think it was like his, the day after he'd been announced as manager, and mm. there was a press conference, and he says, "You know, I, I should be sitting here as a Celtic manager." I think he made right. a, yeah, a horrendous statement <laughs> straight straight away. You know, everybody at the clubs like, oh, "What an idiot! What a fool!" Yeah. Even even the boys in the dressing room thought of that, and 
Yeah. As much as he's a, a, a hundred percent, he's a legend. Aberdeen, you know, for the yeah. the eighty squad and part of that. But I think as a manager, it just did not work for him no. at all. Yeah. No. Um, in and around the club, I don't think you know he's personally well liked. Uh, just training methods, it just didn't happen for him, and he, yeah. he tried to bleed too many youngsters into the squad and right. got basically fobbed off a lot of the experienced boys. And it wasn't until the end of the, his first season that he brought a lot of the experienced boys back in, and right. we really pushed on. I think we got six or seven wins towards the end of the season and on our run, right, and then <laughs> then he released everybody. So, um, <laughs> yeah. For well, me, yeah. that was that, that was disappointing because uh, I'd I'd actually went and loaned Inverness. That's right. Um, who were in the championship they were flying and they had good games against Dunfermline Dundee and Queen of South I think and I'd went there played every minute that was obviously Terry was Terry Mar- uh, Butcher, Butcher was the manager right, up there mm-hmm. and I'd uh, played played really well came back to Aberdeen absolutely buzzing confident right. flying played, been playing centre mid where I'd been telling boys for a year you know that's that's my position that's, eh? playing. that's <laughs> my position yeah right back left back and yeah um, I, again, I wasn't really given a much an opportunity or a discussion with him, so yep. um, I I took things in my own, my own hands and sorted oh, everything out after that. And I can uh, well, you can. I spoke to Craig Brown a couple of weeks ago because I think it was you that, that gave Daz the number for me. But uh, he, he yeah. said he had to he had to scrape a lot of boys off off the floor with confidence and morale wise when he came in. Yeah, I t- you know, I would never, I would never dig a manager out or you know have a have a pop at them, especially you know. You know, the caliber of player that Mark McGee and everything was. Yeah. I just don't think it worked out for Aberdeen. And, you know, yeah. he'd probably be the first one to admit he'd do a lot of things differently. Yeah. Um, firstly, when he come out with a statement <laughs> like that after a, a day. And, that's a schoolboy. Uh, like. I, I think <laughs> even dealing with the dealing with the players on a day to day, you know, his man management skills probably weren't there. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, polar opposites to like Mark McGee, Alex Smith, these guys that I'd worked mm-hmm. with before, even Jimmy Calderwood, you know, great guy, you know. Assistant coaches, you know there wasn't there wasn't that rapport between no. the, the management and the staff. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. so right time to move then. But um, fulfilled that dream. That must be some moment making your debut. Pataudry family get down to see you. Amazing. It was for me. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, you know, if you ask anybody from Aberdeen, Aberdeen fan, you know, Aye. they'll get you pelters and that. You know, if you've played crap <laughs> and stuff, but you know. At the end of the day, you've you've done it. You know, you've lived a lot of people's dreams. That's you know, that's 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 be all and all. But mm-hmm. no, I had a I had a nice experience at Aberdeen, and Aye. it was. It, I would probably looking back on it now, I, I probably should have went back to Aberdeen potentially when I went came back from abroad mm-hmm. because I was a far better player and Aye. more knowledgeable, and yeah, I was a completely different player when I came back from there and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one of those things, but it's something you know I'll always be proud of, and you know a lot of my friends and family are Aberdeen fans, so that right. uh, was good. It's good. So you reunited with with Terry Butcher. Uh, an enjoyable season at, at Inverness, Cali. Malpass was there as well, was he? Ah, uh, he was. Uh, Mo was there um, again. Cracking guys, you know. I knew them from Aye. my time at uh, yeah. United, and went up there. You know what you were getting from that squad: hard working. Mm-hmm. He had Alexia Johnny Hayes, Adam Rooney, Ross Tokley, Grant Monroe, Ryan Essence. A really, see if you look at it now on paper, it's actually a really experienced, solid squad that I had there. Um, Russell Duncan in the middle of the park. They had just been promoted. And obviously I'd spent a month there. um, It's five months before. So, you know, I'd already kind of, I knew things weren't really going to happen at Aberdeen. I was actually left. Uh, I was actually somebody called. Oh, it was actually Mark McGee actually said to me, Aberdeen, you know, 
but you know, we're not going to sign you just now. But at the same time, um, if if things don't work out, you know, we'll give you a phone in the summer. <laughs> I was thinking, so I'm I'm going to be like your fifth choice. I'd already I'd already sorted out a deal with Inverness and I was away, but no, really loved it up here. Lovely place, lovely people. Again, really like kind of localized club, and there was that feeling, and he demanded hard work and. It was it was incredible the run that we went on. Absolutely. I think we were unbeaten for almost a year there. Some great results um, against Old Firm away as well, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, so away from home, we're I think yeah, and just just over a year we're unbeaten. Mm, amazing. So I think for to come up 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 a division and, uh-huh. and hold your own against the caliber of these teams was was really good. And you know, I, uh-huh. I love my time up there. It was a, a lovely place to be, and a lot of good lads. You know, mm-hmm. Johnny Hayes and uh, the guy Lee Cox. Uh-huh. In fact, I, Johnny Hayes. So I just I'd just arrived and I'd been staying in a hotel, so I had my window open. Nearly nine, ten o'clock. It'd been snowing that day, so all I, all I felt coming through the window was these snowballs. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I've looked out and there's Johnny Hayes and Lee Cox, you know, give me the fingers, try to have a wind up. So I said, all right, okay. And a couple of days before that, I just found out where Johnny and uh, Lee had stayed. So I've got in my car, right? Went to went to the house. There's no car outside. I said, right, so I'll park about a mile down the road so they don't see my tyre tracks going into the drive because it was fresh snow. Uh, so I've walked all the way up. Nobody going about. Had a look at it. Tried the front door. Nah, nothing happened. Went round the back and they'd left a window latch unopened. <laughs> so I've... If their neighbours had looked out, they would have think, right, I'm waiting for the bobbies. Right, I'd set them. So I've jumped in. And I've absolutely tore the house upside down. <laughs> I, everything, everything. Shower gels, toothpaste, everywhere. Just Uh-oh. any bit of furniture, everything. So obviously they've came home. I think they were at a cinema. Right. So they've came home and they're in, they're in the club the next day. They're like, oh, no way. We got bargled last night. <laughs> uh, laptops and everything are missing. So I'm thinking they're going, no, there's no, there's nothing uh, missing at all. So like, no, no. Yeah. Uh, I boys boys have nicked this, boys have nicked that. I says, All right. So eventually they found out obviously it came about that I'd obviously says, I've got an I've got an I mark you can borrow. No. Oh you why do, you why do so they found out I did it, but <laughs> as 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 I'd left in Aberdeen one weekend, Johnny Hayes had left a number two in my boot. Had me told him about it. So I've drove that so that was his payback. But no, really good uh, good times up there. Oh, that's brilliant. So was I was a uh, ambition of yours to play abroad, or, or how did that come about? Because the next stop was the, the Maltese Premier League. Yeah, it was. It was actually my pal, well, still good pals, and Matt Kerr. You know, I'm pretty familiar with him, and mm. he'd been playing in the Greek Super League. Right. And I'd, you know, I sp- used to speak to him every couple of days, and he would say how good it was. You know, just Mark Kerr was it? Um, Paul yeah. Gergen, that I, the, yeah, the championship yeah, manager no star. Matt. <laughs> That's it. He's now uh, he's he's now manager of the air, so he's doing a good job ah, down there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, you know, he gave me that kind of bug, and I thought, you know, I, I kind of want to go for it. And mm. at that time, there was a lot of things falling through. Just, just in the last minute. So I was getting to a stage where I'm going to need to sign for somebody. I'm going to need to do something. So I'd actually, uh, I'm trying to think who was in it at that point. I think we've been training with Dundee, just keeping fit. Mm. Um, Played a couple of games for air, I think, at that point. Yeah. And then opportunity to go, go to Malta. Uh, it wasn't like a, a lucrative deal or anything like that, but yeah. it was just to sample it. And um, 
Uh, it, was, it was all right. I would probably say it would be like League Two or okay. League One here. Okay. Um, but that sort of standard, you yeah, know, yeah. one or two good players, but the pitches were horrendous. Cormy, so uh, it was a, for me it was a good experience and mm. <laughs> they gave me an old beat up Fiat Panda the door used to fall <laughs> off and it wouldn't lock at night so I used to have to like tie wrap it and stuff that was mental mental good lifestyle uh, we were out here a couple of years ago for the Scotland game it's a, it's a lovely place to, to relax and enjoy yourself and I can't be playing football in that heat like uh, well, to, to be <laughs> fair they would uh, they'd play a lot of the games at the National Stadium which was alright but the other, other grounds were just aye, aye. They, were ter- aye, they were terrible but like you say it's a lovely little place you know you can't get an hour you can drive it one end to the other you could basically where I stayed in Cormy you could you could walk down past Valletta mm-hmm. along um, down by the harbour you see all the boats and the river front and stuff so it was a nice nice place to stay definitely aye. Aye. Uh, walk in a park for you football wise um, I probably uh, at that time I was probably a bit out of shape to be honest okay. when I went there aye. Um so I'd, you know, it was just one of those things, the timing. Uh, but no, I, again, just an experience, a life aye, experience, and aye. it gave me that bug for a bigger and better move uh, abroad again or back at home. Aye. Well, your next move was probably an even bigger shock. First Scotsman ever to play in Kazakhstan. You're maybe still the only, are you? I think. Uh, I think. I'm the first British player actually. Okay. I don't think there's been any English player. So John Gregory was That's the right, the old villa manager. Aye. He was he was the coach. He just left a couple of months before and okay. I'd been training I'd been training with Dunfermline. I'd actually agreed a deal with Jim McIntyre, who used mm. to he was one of the obviously experienced boys at Dundee United. Aye. Uh, he he was also one of the boys that put up the hand with Craig Brewster. <laughs> um so he would uh, I basically arranged everything. I went to sign the deal at the training ground. Uh, on the Monday, I was driving in with Mark. I was staying with him, mm-hmm. and the, an agent phoned and just says, "Listen, I've got this deal here for you. If you want, um, they want to have a look at you, but it's ninety percent done." Sure. Um, give me a rough ballpark figure of what you know, financials, right. length, length of contracts, and stuff. And it was one of those, you know, sink or swim moments. You know, did I go uh-huh. for it? Did I not? A bit of a ga- bit of a gamble, but I just said, "Oh, I've got to go for this." So I then phoned Jim McIntyre and said, "Listen." Uh-huh. But I change of heart. I didn't go into details, and <laughs> the next day, the next morning, I was away uh, to Kairat's training. They do their training camps in Dubai okay. and Turkey, Turkey so yeah, they're yeah. like two weeks out there, and you're playing so many games. So I arrived at four in the morning, <laughs> and I was up at eight. I so they've got we've got three other Kazakh boys in the in the room, and I've stolen them at like four in the morning. <laughs> and then they're up at like half six with the, the sunrise because a lot of them are Muslim. Ah, okay, or something. Yeah. What is going on here? <laughs> we played an African team in the morning at eight o'clock, and then uh, I think it was a Bel- Belarusian team in the evening. I played nice. both both games, and uh, thankfully the African team had absolutely murder. <laughs> so uh, I looked half decent, and I, the studio, and uh, you know they offered me a deal basically that day. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so it was straight in the straight in the phone to the agent. Uh-huh. Listen, you need to. Need to get a Russian, a Russian talking agent over here to get his deal done. So okay. he fl- he had a contact and then flew over and the deal was done. So I was Aye. delighted. Aye. So how does that come about? How does how does the agent pluck a Kazakhstani team out of the air? Like I don't know. <laughs> oh, you tell me. I, I don't. I don't know where they got a, a backhand or I don't uh, know what it was. Um, but you know that, that's that's part of their jobs. You know. Aye, it's it. 
if if I represent a player, I think it's a slightly different now. I think there's mm-hmm. you know they're not held in high regards, agents. To be fair, but <laughs> at the same time, I think if most players are doing the talking on the pitch, it's that cliche. Oh, you know, they'll get they learn their move. Simple as that. But I was, I was just as surprised as anybody else. But uh, yeah. one, I'm glad I did. Kairat, are they? Because I think there's a dividing the clubs, isn't they? Were they one of the oil rich ones, or were they looking after their? Yeah, players? there was. Hi, they were they were all right. To be fair. <laughs> uh, I, won't, I won't go into details, but uh, no, I was that. You know, I'd, I had no idea about Kazakhstan. You know, I was probably a bit uh, naive and tunnel vision to it, and you know, I'd, I'd, the only thing I knew about it was the Borat film. I made the mistake of mentioning that to the boys. <laughs> you didn't have to turn up for like, training in that one, the Mankini. No, no, <laughs> they hate it, don't they? Folk, folk, oh my god! So they sat me down. There was only one or two that could speak English. So right, like, okay. Stu, Stu, you never ever say that again. <laughs> uh, if he comes, if he comes to Kazakhstan, he will get killed. He will get shot. <laughs> and I'm like. Ah, they were wild. They were raging. Uh, says, oh, it's, it does not represent our country. And no. to be fair, they, they were right because aye, aye. as funny as the film may be in parts, it's it's nothing like Kazakhstan. <laughs> um, but no, they were they were backed by a, a president who's you know I think he's I think he wouldn't be far off a billionaire. He's he's some man. Yeah, uh, president Boren Bayev, Kairat Boren Bayev. I'm I'm still in touch with him actually. Okay. I've been in touch with him quite a bit. So. Is, um, uh, it's some place like we were out for a Scotland game. It, that was in Astana. I think we're closer to Mongolia uh-huh. than we were to anywhere in in Europe. It was minus twenty, and we got beat three 0 It was the football was crap, but we had a great time in, in Astana. Oh, I, I, I was. Um, I think I was in Astana in uh, Berlin when we were watching that right. game, and obviously everybody was tagging. I had to do uh, to do talk <laughs> sport with Alan McCoyce and oh, what's that guy's name? Uh, oh, I can't mind. Uh, so I had to do that in the morning. I was, I, I kid you not, I was half cut at the airport <laughs> and they get their phone in me and I'm trying to be all, you know, serious, all, eh? all serious. Oh, I was slurring my words and everything. <laughs> but no, I was, you know, someplace in Astana. I think that's, uh, that's capital now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. We landed and we got told, oh, there's been a, there's been a revolution in the, uh, that's now called Nur Sultan or something. <laughs> they yeah. changed the name. The, the president uh, had been overthrown while we were in the air. Uh, it was. Uh, it was just. Inc- it was incredible. So that's the president's second second name. He Aye. basically, you know, 50, maybe twenty, thirty years ago, you looked at it, it was barren wasteland. You know, Aye, nothing sweet. there, just a desert. Mm. And then he's built up this city, and it's just incredible. Isn't it? Um, oh, it's just like like you say. It's just everything's modern. You know, there's. It was fucking freezing. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was Baltic. Aye, freezing there, freezing. But they've got the they've got the roof and the everything right. comes uh, over. Oh. And, you know, it's almost underground. We were wrapped up. Reason we got in the stadium, we had to take our and off. It was roasting, it was like 18, it was just set at 18 degrees. Eh? Uh, I, was, I was like you say, any any shopping centers, anything like that. And I was at times in here, it was absolutely Baltic, but we would always train, you know, during the if it's yeah. summertime, you know, we train at evenings and wintertime, we'd be either inside or, or on the pitch, you know. The facilities that had there were just different gravy. Aye. I, it was the standard a lot better than, than you'd expected it to be. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, he was. I, I, I went there a bit, like, a bit naive, thinking, mm. "Oh, I'm going to stroll it here." But <laughs> as soon as I went there, I could see the the professionalism. They're all like athletes. They're all massive, you know. Aye. Like, I, like a, a team of Ivan Drago's out of Rocky, and <laughs> plus they can play. Aye. You know, they've got good touches. Mm. They're 
just a completely different kind of style of football. Yeah. Um, a lot possession based, quick counter attack. And at that point, mm. this is all new to me. I'm like, oh my god, you know, <laughs> get a ball in a mixer, Aye. get an end it. Um, but just the, the level of coaching and the coaches that I worked under there were just a yeah. different gravy. You know, I'd a Kazakhstan legend for six months. Okay. He'd been a manager at different teams, and then I actually had a Pep Sarer and Ismail Gan, mm. who was. Deportivo and Barcelona. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Pep, Pep was Barcelona, so I was like, oh, uh-huh. right. you know, working under boys played for Barcelona. Uh-huh. So, Dan the second, you actually improved. Oh, 100%. <laughs> uh-huh. Aye. That's, a, that's a thing, you know, you, you would have looked at it just think, oh, stay there for a couple of months, make some uh-huh. money, and then come home. But I absolutely, you know, I absolutely loved it. And obviously, Vladimir Weiss, who used to play for Rangers, uh-huh. his dad came in uh, and again another big name he'd taken Slovakia to the World Cup and mm-hmm. I think the last 16 but he was unbelievable he was uh, scary how good a coach he was okay. yeah. it was oh, just like I said different totally different culture mm-hmm. uh, his methods his number two Boris Kitka as well just and right. again I'm still in touch with him uh, I think I, I think I'm in Georgia now the uh, national okay. team but Aye. scary scary um how did you cope with the language barrier? Could, could they speak English or did you learn some? There was, was one. Was it, go? <laughs> it, was, uh, it was predominantly Russian. Aye. There was a few boys that um, spoke not, you know, natural Kazakh, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, you know, majority of the guys spoke Russian. I think one or two spoke broken English, so literally Aye. yes, okay. no. Yeah. That was it. But they laid on a translator for me the whole time I was there, yeah, okay. especially the first Brilliant. year. Mm-hmm. She had one Spanish boy, Brazilian, huh. uh, almost, oh. should I say, uh, a German guy. So we had like five translators in, okay. the, in the meeting room. <laughs> and everybody, everybody, you know, there's mixed messages and stuff. Uh, but, but fortunately for me, my uh, again, I'm still in touch with Dowlett. He was, mm. he was brand new. He used to work for Heineken. Okay. Well, he loved a night out. Uh-huh. So every, t- I, every time he'd be like, Stu, right, we're going to the sauna. Uh-huh. Oh, I just, I oh, was wild. He was wild. Uh-huh. He was brilliant. And uh, this, obviously, he'd pick up. Aye. You pick up bits and bobs um, the first year. The second year, I was actually in my own apartment. Okay. Uh, first year, I was stuck in a hotel. Yeah. Aye, I, I'm, I'm seen stuck in a hotel. Aye, it was nice. like lux, luxury. <laughs> Indoor, outdoor, swimming, everything you needed. Uh, free meal, just everything, everything. And then second year, I had an apartment mm. and I could hold my own with a Russian. So I was, I, okay. I was quite good with that. That's so, good. yep. That's good. There was a lad, was it Kelly there at the same time as you? Was it Eremenko or something? Uh, yeah, Alexa, yeah. Right. Again, you know, still keep in touch with him. He's mm-hmm. now uh, doing a, a lot of work uh, as sporting director for a team. Aye. Um, Jamal, I think it is. Okay. Um, but what again, what a player he player was. You know. Great. Oh, te- technically, <laughs> you know, he couldn't run five yards, but technically <laughs> with a ball, he was I was ridiculous how good he was. Aye, um, but again, he was, he, he was never there that long. But again, the Scottish kind of connection, you know, we right. linked up quite yeah. well and um, really good lads, you know, what a laugh. Uh, him <laughs> and his missus, you know, used to go out for meals and that with him and great lad, great well, lad. Uh, the team did pretty well the second season you were there, didn't you? Um, you got into sort of the split in two, didn't you? And you were challenging for the, the title. <clears throat> yeah, it was just at that, at that, at that point, uh, Astana and Octobi were the two teams mm-hmm. that were above Kairat and, you know, challenging and, especially the second season, we were really pushed on. You could see the foundations were yeah. there to get Kairat back to back to winning the league. I think they won it, or the fact they won it last year, Aye, they won yeah. the league for the first time in 
God knows how long, but um, the size of club, their infrastructure, and uh-huh. you want to see their training facilities. Oh my God, just oh, just you, you, just hydro pools, uh, <laughs> hydro chambers. Just they've got accommodation for all the first team. So a couple of days before they go and stay there. Afterwards, indoor outdoor pitches. I multiple indoor outdoor mm. pitches. Uh, all the academy kids do their schooling there and then they're in the field just okay. Okay. crazy Great. whole different whole different world whole I was, different world uh, brilliant I was quite impressed with the, the fans when we went across to the Scotland game because I thought there wouldn't be much interest in football out there but the, the atmosphere was brilliant in the stadium at night well the, it depends on how well the I think it seemed to be drilled it, like it was <laughs> it was well yeah, drilled yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, they'd been there for two weeks before it, and I've been all the drills No, it depends on how well they're doing. You know, I think they, mm. them as a national team, they weren't very good, but no. they've now becoming. You know, they're getting better and better homegrown players, and you know, you saw Scotland. I'd still fancy Scotland to you know beat them, but they, they, they give Scotland a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got some terrific players in that squad. Um, right. Real, real players. You know, playing the Russian Premier League. Mm-hmm. Playing in Dubai, Emirates, so aye, some aye, good players. Um, I did read though in that last season, you you had to chip in a few quid to qualify for Europe. Though was there still some green envelopes <laughs> floating about? <laughs> Do you want to? Say, I don't know. How you, I, somebody tell you about that, did they? Oh, uh, Mister McAllister, no. mate, I mentioned it like. <laughs> oh, it was it was it was mental. So I think it was our last game, and we'd already qualified for Europe. Aye. That's a, that's, a, that's a crazy thing okay. so we'd already qualified for you playing away from home all the boys are up like playing cards till 1-2 in the morning because we'd already qualified so we're like ah doesn't matter right. and one of the boys had come in and it's, it was very very corrupt it, you know mm-hmm. especially the bigger teams with the referees and penalties and stuff it was okay. ridiculous when it went against you you were like ah I'm not playing in this but <laughs> they'd uh, one of the players that came, my experienced one, says, listen, boys, just to make sure that we get it. I, no, in fact, I don't think we had qualified. I think right. we needed to okay. get, a, get, a point or, get a point or win. That's what it was. <laughs> so to make sure of that, boy, we're all playing cards. Boy comes in, gets translated, right? Everybody's got to chip in 15 grand, $15,000. And I'm like, eh? So I'm like, nah, wait a minute. This is for far. And they're like, no, no, we've, we've had a word with the ref. We've got to give the ref. So I'm, 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 at this moment, I'm adding it up in the room. And I'm like, that's about two grand. That's some pay off, eh? I was about to say, and I was like, to get into Europe, I said, I'm not even here next year. So, because <laughs> of the age restriction. Right. So, nah, I think two or three of the boys actually, you know, maybe had a word with the ref, but all the foreign boys were like, nah, get it. Nah, right. nah. I'd, I'd know my game. Nah, I'm not having any of that. <laughs> Uh, and a few of the boys, a few, the, a few of the boys actually were in that team got done right. a year or two later at different teams okay. for doing that. Nah, they got <laughs> ba- they got a ban, but fortunately for us, we won. Uh, we Aye. won quite well. Had a Aye. had a mental party after it. Um, now you can still get a good that, laugh with that boys and a, a good night, even though the oh, just uh, they were wild. Like, and, uh, you were out every weekend, and okay. they were brilliant, brilliant because they would. They would all go after a game with their family, kids, and get one big long table and okay, wives and kids. And most of the boys, most of the boys would punt after our misses uh-huh. after the meal, and then the shots would come out. You know, you're, you're toasting every two seconds oh, yeah. uh, with the vodka. It's so absolute like hammer. Thing. Oh, they have it as a toast, Aye. and you've got you're not allowed to place it. So if somebody's 
you know, you've got a full glass. If somebody lifts up and makes a toast, you're not allowed to put it bad. It's bad manners. You put till it's finished. <laughs> you know, you can't put it down. So I'm making toast every two minutes. I'm like, listen, boys, you're brilliant. I love you to bits. Yeah, it was some of the nights out were just incredible. Not long after I'd signed, but they had a they had a big fancy dinner, and all of a sudden I'm sitting there, and they've they've got a guy with bagpipes. So I'm thinking, <laughs> how on earth have they got a boy for Scotland? So he says the president was, oh, he was brilliant. He yeah. was like, Stu, I've got a special, I've got a special gift for you. So the boy in the bagpipes comes out. I'm like, oh, here we go. So I had to go up and like dance him and all this carry on, and all of a sudden they took out a sheep's head, like a boiled sheep's head. And yeah. it's, Tradition, tradition there. That's so, right. what they do is, if you're uh, got bad sight, for instance, or you've got dodgy eyes, they would give you an eye because that's meant to okay, aye, aye, give you a bit of nutrition in your yeah. eyes, make your eyesight better. <laughs> if you've got bad, bad hearing, you get a bit of the head, a uh, bit of the ear, tongue. If you wanted to shut up, then you give a bit uh-huh. of tongue, or you know. So I got a bit of the head, and uh, my translator was saying, "Oh, it's a really, you know." It's a really, you know, it's very well respected part yeah, you've got yeah. there. You know, it's a brain like you're very smart. And stuff. I was like, I says, I'm not, I'm not eating it. I'm not eating it. And literally, before I'd said I'm not eating it, my translator too heard it. He was like, Oh, it's brilliant! It's brilliant. I was like, I think. See, see if you go to these companies, I think they came for their Dean. We we've went to the a charity thing in Zimbabwe, and goat is their national thing that they eat. And apparently, the goat's intestines is the delicacy the special guests get that they were chewing up the steaks and I was eating the intestine I think they came for the wadi and like <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's mental you go you know you, you think you know you know give my give my Domino's pizza or something uh, like that and you know they're, they're coming out with horse and, uh, and uh, some of the stuff we'd uh, we'd quite a lot of Muslims in our team mm. so one day we turned up to train at a stadium and they got us all in a circle in the dressing room. I'm thinking, let's come on here. <laughs> and I'm I'm not religious in any way. So yeah. they've got this guy who comes in, a Russian Orthodox priest. So he comes in with holy water, starts flapping it in everybody's faces. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, you know, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna respect it. You know, yeah. a lot of the boys, you know, it's their religion. So the boys are those boys are buzzing. And then we all had to go outside. And uh, earlier on that day, I'm passing like on the way to training, I'm passing like sheep and everything at the side of the road I'm going why is there so much sheep at the side of the road I folk are just selling them and it's like middle of Union Street folk are selling 20 sheep and you're like what is going on here so lo and behold go to the stadium and it's a ritual they do it every every year I think they've I think they try to ban it now Um, animal animal cruelty so I'm I'm done the wise I'm looking got a sheep and guy just whips you a blade makes a prayer and slits its throat I'm like Oh my days! Oh, oh what is going on here? And I'm, I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost been sick in my like. Oh no, I can't watch that. And hold them. Instead, and, and, no, no. The boys then get up. They all walk towards it, grab some blood, and they rub it all over their knees and their their arms and stuff. It's meant to be a uh, good luck for injury. And then they do a couple, a couple of more prayers, and then they put some of the blood in the goal mouse at either end. And it would bring good, good luck for clean sheets and goals. So I was. I was just like, oh my good, good days. And this is what happens to the sheep, and this is all oh, they, they give it to, you know, the less fortunate as food. Ah, okay. And I says, oh, that's all right, that's all right. And then it's a bad, but ah, I was crazy, wild. Crazy. Uh, so I, I think you're touching it there, but there, there's rules on on foreign players and, and ages and and if they play internationals, isn't it? That meant you had to come home, didn't didn't you? 
Yeah, it was oh, it was one of those things. If you were over the age of 30, mm. you needed to have a national team cap within the last two years. Ah, okay. Um, it got to a point where I was actually going to phone up Gordon Stark and I'm offering <laughs> 50 grand just to <laughs> get my cap. It was, oh, it was, but it was, and they changed the rule about a year later, so I was absolutely ah, okay, devastated. Okay. Um, Did you see yourself it, finishing off there, if that was the case? Oh, yeah, Aye. 100%. I would have finished, finished playing there. Mm-hmm. Um I, I, I wouldn't say that I'd be, I'd be playing just now, but I would, I would have definitely had another three or four years there. Aye. Whether it, whether I still at Kaira, probably, but potentially another team as well, and mm-hmm. probably would have made made roots there and maybe stayed there. So Aye. yeah, okay. Yeah, it's it's good that you took the leap because for a long time British players didn't do that. It's happening a bit near new, but I'm not really sure why it's taking so long for for that to kick off. I, I, I don't think the opportunities are there just no. now. Um, at that moment, I, I was telling so many boys, I says, listen, mm-hmm. I saw China's a, way, China's a way to kick off. Aye. And boys are like, China? I said, I'm telling you, all the boys here are trying to get moved to China. Aye, I says, and then you saw that at that, I don't think it's as bad now, but you see like the likes of Oscar, mm-hmm. um, Hulk, you Sweet. know, these boys going for ridiculous money. That's right. Set um, for life, set, <laughs> set, You know, these boys are set. But I think... It's probably a bit of naivety, and for, for some players, oh, I'm not going to that that league. It's a rubbish league, but you tend to find that a lot of boys will go six months and then they'll come home. No, it's right. Um, I think it probably takes a a certain type it's of character, character to go and laugh. because it is tough. I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say sit here and say, oh, it's it was easy, blah blah blah. There was times it was tough. You know, you miss a family, you're you're 16 hours away, and mm-hmm. you know you have to throw yourself in there, don't you? If if you're going to make a go. All or nothing, all or nothing. I was fortunate. I was, you know, single at the time, aye, so that, helps, that was that was even better. Mm-hmm. So I did help. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you came back, and uh, did you intend to to go full time again, or or did you? Was it deliberate to to go and play in the Highland League after that? No, not at all. I'd actually, I'd actually been then training with Aberdeen for about six months. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, 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 I knew Dell, I know Dell, and I'd said, listen, do you mind if I come in and keep fitting? There could have potentially been something there, but Aye. at the same time, it was always my ambition to go abroad again. Mm-hmm. And I was actually down in St Andrews for the weekend, uh, and an agent informed me says, "Listen, there's a deal in China done." Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, it, financially, it would be a year. I would have been able to a year a year and retire. So okay. I've sent everything over, like signed everything, the contracts over. I've got five suite hotel, signed everything. And the agent then phoned me back to like a couple of days later. I says, "You're never going to believe this." This is what he says. They've overestimated that amount of foreign players they can take in, oh, and you were the four, oh, three. Yeah. I was spewing. <laughs> oh my days! I was gutted. And then after that, you know, things kept falling through in China, uh, Cyprus, Greece. You know, different different sorts of places. And I was just like. It's getting to the point here. I'm actually going to need to just get back playing. Aye, so that's aye. that's, aye, that's aye. how it came about. And I'd been there, done that with Scotland, and played in the Premier League for, for however long. And I just it was either abroad or nothing for me. I came to the realization that I wanted to get, kind of get back kicking a ball and stuff. And I think John Sheeran got in touch and says, "Listen, come along to training and see if you, you know, just keep yourself ticking over. There's no there's no emphasis in it to sign or anything. Blah blah blah." And I was just like, yeah, why not? I knew a few of the boys there, and it it felt quite natural to to actually playing it playing there. So I was like, oh, a lot of good lads, you know, a really good dressing room. Um, boys were brilliant. Banter wise, it was one of the best 
best teams that I've been in, you know, for nights out, um, every week, you know, winning mentality. Yeah. Probably wasn't there to start with the first when we first went there, but um, probably a couple of months later, we just went in this winning run and we were basically unbeatable, to be fair, in the Highland League. Um, so I had a couple of really good years there, but it came about quite quickly and something I'm glad I did. Aye, aye. Um, and then you're on to... Locos. Came about, uh, I'd, I actually live out in Inverurie, so aye, okay. <laughs> it was a win-win. I think they, they caught a win that I was moving out to Inverurie and it would logistically be quite a good move. <laughs> um, again, I didn't really know too many boys other than playing against them at Inverurie. Um Came about quite quickly, and I had you know I had a couple of good years here under Neil Cooper. Uh, that was that was my one of my main reasons for for, for signing is because obviously I worked with him at Aberdeen. And, you know, I knew I knew he needed a bit of experience and stuff. So, you no, know, I had a couple of couple of good years at Inverurie too. Very well run club, you know, a lot of lovely people at the club. And, um, for me, they need to be now pushing on and challenging the likes of Barora, Fraserburgh these types of teams for Martins you know because they've got the infrastructure there they just um, need to develop the squad and really be challenging for, for leagues and titles and uh, leagues and cups now Aye definitely You, uh, you uh, had a very brief retirement very brief didn't you retirement, before, before getting before back into football we back to D We walked him very poorly with him and Aye. it was actually Aye. a stag that you were speaking about in uh, Berlin when uh, Scotland got beat 3-0 in Kazakhstan <laughs> he'd, he'd been in that year and he was like listen he didn't, he didn't really mention it to start off with, but his old man and his brother were there, so I think he teed them up as well and says, listen, get in Duff's here, and aye, by the end of this trip, we'll get him signed and done. So, they feed him a drink, and come on, you'll be, yeah, come on, just come on to training. So I says, right, so eventually, about a day later, I says, right, I'll come along to training, and by the end of the trip, I'd signed, and I was like, right, okay, I'll commit to you. So I think he'd use that as an excuse to get me, get me over the line, but uh, no, I... I <laughs> Want to enjoy the banter at a dressing room and get back kicking a ball and you know again they've got a very very strong squad for for that level and if I can add any kind of experience or help boys along the way then that's the Aye. that's the end goal just enjoy because it it's not about anything else now it's just about keeping fit and you know playing with a smile on my face and I I love that about high league and the juniors because you know without being arrogant or anything, you know, with playing at a higher level, you get a bit more stick and stuff. <laughs> and I used to love it. You know, you people shouting just loads and loads of stuff. So if you turn around and have a wee smack at them, they'd be raging, they'd be shouting, you're just a, you're just a shite wee Griffiths. So I'd then turn and say, I well, I've got more money than him. And then, ah, they'd be raging, they'd be raging. So then, I just have a crack to them. Uh, and then, Kenny, I'd the Peter KV, Peter KV's down the side of your face, you know, to them. Uh, Bucky, Bucky, Fraserborough, Tariff, they were brilliant. I used the fans. I I love that. I absolutely love it, and it's it's a really good you know advert for the Highland League and stuff. Because you know some boys absolutely crumble and just lose their rag, but I used to just laugh, and I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> Amazing. So you now combined playing for Banks of D with coaching youth teams at Aberdeen. Was that something that you always intended to get into? Honest, no. Uh, probably when I was about thirty, you know, between thirty and thirty-three, I hadn't given it much thought whatsoever. Um, it wasn't until I was at Cove I just decided, you know, I still fancy staying in football to at some degree. Uh, went away and did my B license, then I jumped onto my A license and completed that. And uh, Aberdeen actually got wind that because there's criteria if you if you want to become a coach at academy or a high-end academy, so. 
obviously if you've got your real license it makes things a lot easier and I had the chat of Aberdeen and you know I've been there for two, three years now and uh, again just taking the same under 14s because I still play on a Saturday however that could change mm-hmm. could change uh, depending on what I do next year playing wise but you know I've I, I've I've loved every minute, and you know some of the kids that you're, you're seeing coming through, especially at that age, you're catching at a perfect time because they're, they're hitting adolescence, they're hitting puberty, they they really start to stretch, they're growing, they're like sponges, they take stuff in, information, they're asking questions, and you can see them try to develop. And you know, within 14, 15, 13, 14, 15 years old, you can really see them moving forward, and that is one thing Aberdeen have got is a. A very, very strong academy. Aye, aye. Right, well, I always get my guest, uh, Stuart, to take me through the best 11 uh, that they played with in their career, and you've put together a cracking knee for me, if you can take me through them. In goal, um, I've started off with Al McGregor. Um, it was a toss-up between toss-up between him and Craig Gordon. Mm. A few people would probably say, why do you not add in Jamie Langfield? But <laughs> probably guess why not. But uh, no. <laughs> you know, get a nickname yeah, Langers for no reason. Nah, he's a good, good, good lad. Jamie, aye, a good lad. Aye. And, uh, you know, he's doing well at some But no, Alan McGregor for me, he was uh, just different gravy, just mm. presence, you know, short stopping, aye. distribution, just excellent goalie. A great addition to Gerard's Rangers team coming back. Team isn't he? coming back. <laughs> yep. Ter- terrific I think he's uh, just turned 39 or he's going to be mm. turning 39 so you know longevity his career he's had as well you know down playing Aye. the Premiership and came back up to his uh, boyhood heroes and stuff so you know, he's done well Griggs brilliant ok back four uh, I'll start with a right back of Mark Wilson um, back f- uh, Mark Wilson right back um, I'll just do him just go across the back four aye that's fine Okay, okay. Uh, Mark Wilson, right back. Um, Lubo Mihalik. Okay. At right centre half, left centre half, John Kennedy, mm. and left back Charlie Mulgrew. Golly. Aye. Jo- John Kennedy would have been Scotland centre half, wouldn't he, for a long time for, Aye, was, for injury? That was, well, it was actually, I think it was for an international debut. Mm. He'd, uh, the Romanian boy done his knee, right. but. We're playing him in the twenty ones. He was, I was scary. Yeah, how good he was, just mm-hmm. physical. I oh, was really good, really good. He's, you know, he's now assistant at Celtic. He's yeah. good game, game knowledge. He's good. He's he stayed in the game. He's a good well, lad, Joe. Possible next manager. I would say that he would maybe be part of the backroom staff. Right. I think it's probably too big too a job right. for him just yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Lubo was a internationalist as well, wasn't he? Was he Slovakian or? Yeah, Slovakian. Uh, so he was. I think he was uh, played for a Slovakian club, and then Bolton Wanderers, who were in Premiership mm. at that time, they mm. signed him, and um, he was he was terrific. He was one of the first centre halves that I'd really played with. Had that physical and ball playing ability. Um, he was like Matt Hummels, you know, strolling out from the back, <laughs> and he, he had that dirty side about him as well. But he aye, was he was aye. terrific. And Mulgrew, I've seen him score a, an unusual but quality goal for Scotland against Fulham, doing in England, uh, like a back heel sort of loop to keeper. He had that in his locker. Uh, like. <laughs> he was, he was well, Charlie's left foot was unreal. Uh, it was just, yeah, yeah. He was ability-wise, he was really, really good. And another guy that's off the park, one of the funniest guys ever. Uh, he's, what a what a character. <laughs> uh, stories and that he's got. He's just a real, a real good guy. And again, not on to have a really good career, but right, not yeah. unbelievable, unbelievable left foot. Brilliant. Uh, okay, so who's in the midfield? Um, the midfield I've went for is. Barry Robson to the left. I went four three three. So okay, yeah. Barry Robson to the left, 
Charlie Miller in the centre and Darren Fletcher to the right. Probably, aye. <laughs> aye. But, uh, Barry Robson uh, developed into a class player, didn't he? I had Steve Parson on and he, he had him as a young boy at Inverness and said he was really raw and he was a bit wild, but he matured and developed into some player, didn't he? Yeah, well, we, he actually came to Dundee United from Inverness mm-hmm. and I think he took that mantle of he had something to prove and aye, he was aye. he was uh, he was unbelievable. Unbelievable he, he carried Dundee United for a couple mm. of years and with his goals, his distribution, his set piece deliveries, he was just on a different level and aye. he had that nasty side he, right. he's still he, well, he's part of the Aberdeen coaching staff right, now aye, and he's, aye. he's still he's still got that kind of desire to go and really good habits, you know. Yeah. Some of the you know, teams you play for Celtic, um I think he played over in Toronto, Middlesbrough. You know, he's, mm-hmm. the things he's picked up over the years has been incredible. But he was he was on a different level, and I wasn't surprised when he got his move to Celtic. And another guy that's you know a cracking lad off the park. And, you know, I wish him all the best. But I Barry was scary. He was Brilliant. really good. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then so you've got three up front. Um, three up front. I've actually went with Johnny Hayes to the left. Okay. Aye. And I say I say that because. Terrific guy, mm-hmm. and also his first year up at Cali Thistle, he was I he was unplayable. Know, you know, I, I was, you know, just just prior to prior to coming to Aberdeen, he was That's just right. he was unbelievable. And I wasn't surprised that he got his move. You know, he got his move, but on and off the park, Johnny, you know, what okay. um, so he'd be my left winger. Mm-hmm. So my striker would be Momo Cisse. Mm-hmm. Um He was. I think a Congolese internationalist, right, someone okay. like that, uh, at Kairat, and he was just on a different level, a striker <laughs> that I've, I'd been used to playing with. He could hold the ball in, he could run in behind, he was rapid, he was six foot four. His only weakness was probably his head, and okay. that was probably six foot four. His, his only. That's a thing, but right. his touch was just, just incredible. Right. And, um, that was a tough one because I played with quite a, a lot of a good good strikers throughout mm-hmm. my career and stuff. Um, but he would definitely be definitely mm-hmm. be the top striker, and you know he's, he was some player. Like I, mean, I wasn't surprised that. Well, I was surprised when no teams from like Europe and aye, bigger aye. bigger teams made a sniff for him. Um, so I was I was surprised at that. But no, he was he'd be my striker. Okay. And my right winger would be Sean Maloney. Probably. Uh, just. I'll never I, I still have nightmares now and again uh, when I had to mark him at Pataudry I got hooked after 25 minutes again playing right back Aye. I just I'd never played right back in about three years uh-huh. and uh, go, go Mark Maloney and at that point he was just flying uh-huh. flying but he was just terrific another Aberdeen boy and so on to, he was now assistant assistant in Belgium right. uh, to Martinez he's doing well out there uh, we yeah Martinez, yeah um, but what a pl- what a player technically set aye, plays yeah, yeah. Un- 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 unplayable at times mm-hmm. unplayable amazing amazing great team who'd uh, who'd skip him I would have to say Darren Fletcher aye I'd aye. have to say just just career so uh, leader even back attitude. then yeah aye. yeah he had that charisma he knew you know he's at Man United he was mm-hmm. breaking in he hadn't really played too many first team games maybe Carling Cup and stuff aye, like that okay. but I remember we were down at Largs and we were playing a practice match and the ball was played back to me. This was the first time I'd ever seen him. And um, he's sitting as the right in a right-back position. Ball's mm. been laid back to me. He's rebonded a pass about 40 <laughs> yards into the striker's foot. <laughs> God, <laughs> I, I, my jaws just dropped. I went, oh, I'm, like, uh, I'm probably going to get dropped here. <laughs> but, uh, no, 
but what that, a player! You what could it. tell as it went on. Fer- Ferguson trusted him in, in the big games for Man United, so he, he must have been some player. Yeah, oh, he was just a cracking, cracking lad, and you know what a player, what aye, a player. Uh, who'd, who'd be the gaffer then? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I would have to go with Vladimir Vice. Okay. Yep, I would have to go with Vladimir Vice at uh, Kairat. Uh, he was just, like I said, just on a different level, just his coaching methods ahead of the game and man managed. Just he understood every player and got the best out of them and knew kind of how to push their buttons. He was, he was excellent. Aye. If you dropped that team into the, the current SPL, they win it. I would. So. I don't think they'd be too far off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I definitely, definitely. I think they wouldn't be too far off. Right. Okay. So I was finish up with just some quick fire questions to to round it off. Okay. Okay. Sorry. First one is one thing you would change about football to improve it. A VAR. VAR. Abdi wants to do it new. Eh? I I was a fan <laughs> when it first came through. I thought it was going to be good, but it really isn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who would you like to play you in the movie of your life? Uh, well, just because people say I look like him quite often, probably a young Bruce Willis. If you could bottle one moment of your career to relive, what would it be? Uh, representing Scotland. Aye. Okay. Toughest direct opponent you ever came up against? Two guy at Aye. Rangers. Class. Aye, not my uh, under-21s game, my first, okay. first under-21s game. Just ran off a young boy. <laughs> On after 60 minutes, ran towards the ball. He's just nutmegged me, went to another side. I cheers. <laughs> so, he was good. Okay. Very last question. Um, which player, past or present, would you say is closest to your style, attributes and personality on the pitch? A lot of people would say Lee Griffiths, but <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to say that. No. Um, oh, that's, a, that's a good question. Current player? Uh, past or present. Past or present? I'll go. Oh, Lubo Moravchik. Okay, <laughs> he was class. <laughs> nah, he was good. Are you good at free kicks, like? No, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just, just thinking that somebody was uh, played against. He was good. I admire. Uh, no, he was uh, good. Yeah, uh, he was class. Now. Well, sure. Thank you very much for for giving up your time tonight to talk to me. That was that was great to hear all about it, uh, the career. And uh, thanks again for coming on. No problem at all, James. Any time, and it's been a pleasure. A massive thank you to Stuart for talking to me this week. Fascinating journey yet again. I love to hear about the guys living out their dream, as well as taking massive gambles and testing themselves on foreign shores. Really speaks to the adventurer in me. Thanks for listening, as always. It is greatly appreciated. Fire me any feedback, questions or suggestions at the Beyond Canal Park Facebook, Instagram or Twitter page. I'm always happy to receive them. You can listen to all the back catalogue, over 50 episodes now, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and on Anchor FM. We've also started a Saturday morning radio show on Indie Lounge Radio from 10am to 12 every Saturday morning. Tune in at www.indieloungeradio.com. And that's your lot for this week. Bye for now.